Well, hello, and welcome into yet another episode of Just Saying Sports with Jake and Sean. My name is Jake Adnip, here with my man, Sean Dwyer. How you doing? We are here for episode number 55, one of my favorite numbers in the world. That was my uh, football number for my senior year of high school. Uh, you know, got to keep one of those jerseys, or not quite sure if I was supposed to, but I did anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we, we, we skipped my number. We passed that one a long time ago. Long, long time ago. But uh, episode 55, here we are. Uh, took a week off last week with a, a 4th of July holiday. I'm sure everybody was busy out on their boats with their families, so we didn't want to have to annoy you with all of our sports takes and terrible sports knowledge. But either way... Uh, we're going to get started in here today. We're getting back into it after, I mean, what I can only describe as an absolutely insane trade deadline slash free agency period moves like for the NBA. Free agency went in on uh, July 6th. There was plenty of trades already worked out before with the NBA draft, but a lot, and I mean a lot more has happened in the NBA since the last time that we talked. And that was just about three short weeks ago. So we're going to start in and just talk about some of the biggest moves from this off season and the free agency. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of extremely big names going to new places, a lot of new duos and trios and people teaming up. So uh, the NBA just got a lot more interesting. If you ask me. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that these, I think we've got 10 listed right here, kind of really changed the entire NBA. And the NBA is the only league where you can have the league just landscape shift so much in one offseason. I think recently, um, baseball, you know, there's a lot with contracts and amateur rules and all that stuff, amateur minor league rules. Um, football is not a very trade happy league, and neither is hockey. So, Basketball is where you see a lot of these big deals going down. Yeah, I mean, these are the big-name guys, too. Uh, I mean, just in, before we even get in to where they went and what we think, I'm just going to list off some of the guys that changed teams this year, and then we'll kind of put the puzzle pieces together for everybody. But Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kristaps um, Porzingis, uh, or sorry, uh, Kemba Walker, um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, I mean, these are all people. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, th- th- these people are s- superstars. Um, the guys who have led their respective teams, each one of them, uh, I just named off basically with Durant, Irving, Kemba, um, Kawhi, Russell Westbrook, every single one of them has uh, been the leader on a team, Paul George, and they've all all strange teams. Uh, we'll start off, you know, probably with the biggest news is obviously Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, will not play next year, but still inked a max deal with the Brooklyn Nets. And joining him was Kyrie Irving, leaving Boston, moving just a couple hours up the road. But they didn't stop there. The Nets just kept on pushing. They also got DeAndre Jordan, who we know is in the downturn of his career. But man... He's a good rebounder and a good defender to have on a with a couple really good scoring guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Uh, do you think? First of all, are you surprised that Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn? And second of all, what do you think this trio is going to be able to uh, accomplish? 
Yeah, I am surprised that KD went to Brooklyn. I thought, honestly, he was going to kind of do what Boogie Cousins did and stay in Golden State for a year, get paid out that massive number, and just rehab. I mean, stay where you're comfortable, get your body right, and go into free agency the next year where you're still going to have all those max offers on the table. Um, Kyrie going to Brooklyn was also a big surprise to me. I didn't think Brooklyn was going to be a spot for him. Never really fit in, I thought, in uh, Boston. I thought he was going to be on the move, but not to Brooklyn. And DeAndre Jordan, like you said, is on the tail end of his career, but he's going to be a low post presence for those guys on around the outside of the court. And I think that they're going to do more than people are going to suspect them to. Not in the first year, though. Obviously, with KD still going to be injured through next season, Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan are going to be a, a duo that people keep an eye on. They might sneak into the playoffs as a five, six, seven seed, I believe, and make some things happen possibly. But I think Brooklyn's really looking towards the 2020-2021 season before they really start to make their impact with this roster. Well, I kind of look back at the Kyrie situation that he just had in Boston. When he went to Boston and then in the first game or second game of the season, Gordon Hayward breaks his leg and is out for the rest of the year. Comes back and really doesn't, you know, turn. he, he, he didn't turn it around and get back to the same form that he was, at least in the time that Kyrie was there. Um, you know, Kyrie, we, we saw that with that Boston team, you know, Kyrie was able to still do very, very well um, and still lead a team. So, I mean, Brooklyn has some young pieces, has some people on that team. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I think that they're really just waiting for Kevin Durant now because they put all their eggs in a basket and they're, they're just going to hope they can wait for them to hatch. But next, ne- next one that we can talk about, which this was a pretty big one, um, this guy's kind of a, a wild card, per se, and you're not really sure what's going to go on. But Jimmy Butler actually heads down to Miami, leaving Philadelphia. Um, I mean, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. I don't know if he ever really liked it in Philly. Um, you know, he kind of just ended up there. But do you think that he actually brings anything to the table for Miami? And do you think that they even – I mean, is, is he going to do anything for them, make them, you know, relevant whatsoever? Uh yeah, I think he will. I mean, they're Miami. I think they have – I think that draft pick they took in Tyler Hero, the more that he puts on in the summer league, I think is starting to um, – they gave up a lot in this trade, though, to get him, and they're committing that max uh, sign-and-trade contract, four years, $141 million. Um, They're going to expect him to do stuff, and I think he is going to do stuff for the Heat. Um, not having Josh Richardson there is going to hurt them a little bit. He went back to Philadelphia – um, Hassan Whiteside left and went to the Trailblazers. Um, there's, so there's a lot of moving pieces in this trade. I mean, this trade on basketball reference, looking at it, it takes up six lines of text. It's just so much player movement back and forth. So but all these teams are going to have new looks. I think Miami is kind of building around Jimmy Butler now, which I think they have to do. I think he's going to be in a spot where he doesn't have to contend with a lot of other lead dogs. You know, Dwayne Wade's out. Um, when he was in Chicago, it was uh, Derrick Rose was around him. When he was in Minnesota, it was Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Now that he is the guy in Miami, we're going to get to really see what he can do leading the team fully. Yeah, and he'll, he'll be the only one down there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler has what it takes to, to win games for his team. I mean, we've seen that, but I guess we'll have to see if he'll actually be able to do it on his own. Now, uh one of the teams that, you know, kind of already talked about with, with the Warriors, KD leaving, there was a lot of questions surrounding the Warriors this year, including uh, an injured Klay Thompson who 
they re-signed, um, but also got D'Angelo Russell to probably, possibly play, play the point this year with Steph Curry at the two. You know, I think we might have had a little conversation about this, and I think that's kind of what what they're going to need to do without Clay Thompson. And I think they made the right move. I mean, D'Angelo Russell has progressed greatly over the last two years since he left left the Lakers, and he gets back to Golden State. If they get Curry being able to play two and do off ball, they might be able to, you know, keep keep stuff going. I'm not saying that, you know, Steph Curry in his I think it's his, maybe his twelfth year. It's either his eleventh or twelfth year, or something like that. I don't know if he's gonna, you know, be able to drag them all the way back to the finals uh, without Kevin Durant or Clay Thompson. But I mean, he they're, they're still the Warriors. They got to have something going on, right? Yeah, I mean, D'Angelo Russell is going to be filling in, I think, more for Klay Thompson in a role-wise, being the secondary sword of Steph, even if he brings the ball up every time, which I think is going to help him kind of get acclimated to the Warriors the way that they do things. And, you know, he's said it himself, you know, this is kind of a learning, going to be a learning experience for him this season, and he's not committing to the Warriors outside of this season. Um which I think is smart for him. I mean, we've seen players go to the Warriors and have a great year and go somewhere else uh, kind of as kind of role players. I think D'Angelo Russell is different. I think that once Clay gets back, I think that they can kind of use him. I mean, I'm not comparing them at all, but similar to that Kevin Durant role in that offense where you've got those three shooters around the outside. Yeah. That's the only way that they're similar. I'm not trying to compare D'Angelo Russell to Kevin Durant. Um, but he's going to fill that role in that offense once they get Clay back. And I think they people are saying, oh, the Warriors, some people on – some guy at ESPN said they're not even going to make the playoffs, and I don't buy that. For no, me. I don't either. I just, I, no, I don't know if they'll make it back to the finals, but they'll make the playoffs. Which is fair. I don't think they'll make the finals either because the West has gotten so much better than it already was. Right. But they're, but they're still going to be a very good team, and they're the Warriors. They've made the finals the past five years. And you have to look at their division too. Exactly. Um, it's a very strong division now, I think. Well, yeah, more people have moved into it. There's definitely a, there's a lot more parity in that division now. Yeah, and I think that you know, they're the Warriors. They have Steph Curry, who's arguably a top three player in the league. They're going to get into the playoffs somehow. It's, it's just going to happen. What they do in the playoffs with D'Angelo Russell and maybe Klay Thompson, maybe, I doubt it, but maybe – they could make some noise and prove that they are still the team in the West. I mean, their demise has been greatly overestimated, in my opinion. I would agree. All right, here's one that kind of surprised me, because, uh, you know, I, on this podcast we spoke about it, uh, but Kemba Walker now heading to Boston to replace Kyrie Irving. I thought that he would, you know, possibly stay in Charlotte, but, I mean, if you're going to go to the Celtics, I don't know why you wouldn't. You know, if there's a team, I, I understand it. Um, but I, 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 when we talked before, I was like, oh, if he's just going to go to another middling team or something, I'm sure he would have just stayed in Charlotte. But, I mean, he gets to go to Boston and have a chance at winning. I mean, do you like Kemba Walker in a Celtics uni? I do. I think he is he, not the same as, but he's kind of a comparable point guard to Kyrie Irving. Um, brings a little bit more in some areas, brings a little bit less in others. Um I think he's a better fit for Boston, personally. He kind of um, gives me that old Isaiah Thomas feel when they were rocking with him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking in my mind, too, earlier in the week. Um, his contract is huge. It's comparable huge. to the one 
one we talked about, four years, 141 million. Um, so he's going to have to perform. Because when you look at it, Boston's got that contract. They have the Gordon Hayward contract. Um, Jason Tatum's going to be up soon for a contract. Uh, same with Jalen Brown. So the Celtics are going to have some choices to make. And committing to Kemba Walker right now might make some of those decisions a little harder. But I think he helps them be more competitive this upcoming season in the East. Do you think they're better off with Kemba than they would be with Kyrie? Personally, yes, I, I do think so. Kyrie was, I mean, he's, to me, Kyrie, right or wrong, to me, Kyrie Irving has always been more of a, a selfish scorer type where Kemba Walker doesn't have that kind of gene in him. He's more open to getting other guys involved in making the team as a whole better. Playing obvious, I would hope he plays better defense than Kyrie since Kyrie plays none. Well, Kemba but, Walker does has Kemba Walker is known as a pretty good defender at the point. So they're going to get an upgrade at there. His scoring is not going to be as high, but with the development of the guys I mentioned, Tatum and Brown coming along as well, you're not going to need the Kyrie Irving to score 40 points a night. You're going to need Kemba to score 20 and get a bunch of assists, and they should be right where they were, if not better than last year. All right, move on to the next one. Uh, we can just kind of slide past this because it, it, I think it was pretty obvious. But uh, as part of the free agency, you know, they the Dallas Mavericks traded for Chris Stops uh, last year when he was injured um, to kind of put him – or and they got injured, so kind of had him on the on the back burner. But they knew they were going to re-sign him. That was their plan. And Chris Stops, of course, stayed in Dallas. So I'm not surprised at that whatsoever. I would have been extremely surprised if he went somewhere else. Yeah, it, just to – Resay what you said. They didn't trade for him not to re-sign him. That yeah. would have been one of the dumbest moves, I think, Dallas. I think Mark Cuban's a lot smarter than that. This was really a no-doubt move in my mind, so we can just skate right past this one. Yeah, and the only thing is, that I, A, I've missed Chris Stops. Uh, I have too. Yeah, I think, and I think, you know, Dallas would be happy with having him fill in for uh, Mr. Uh, – I don't even know what his nickname would have been, but the German superstar Dirk Nowitzki. Ah, uh, yes. All right. Next, another person who stays. Chris Middleton stayed in Milwaukee, the all-star, um, re-signs. And then another person leaves Milwaukee and Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, who do you think was more important to them, Chris Middleton staying, or do you think that they would have rather had Brogdon stay? To me, looking at it as the Bucks, I would have kept Brogdon at a smaller number and let Middleton go. Um but they made the choice to keep Middleton at five years, $178 million, um, which I think is a very high number for Chris Middleton. I think that you could have gotten the same value from Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon at a smaller number, but they decided to go with Chris Middleton. I think that he's going to be a nice complement player to Giannis as Giannis develops more. And losing Malcolm Brogdon does take a little bit out of that bench depth. But the Bucks, you know, they have when you have Giannis, you're you're going to be okay in a lot of categories. Well, because he um, can play from a couple different positions and be, exactly and do the exact same thing, cover, you know, defend anybody and still play the same game. Exactly, he can play the point. He can play the center at sometimes. Did you see the thing where he's putting up prime Shaquille O'Neal points in the paint numbers this season? It was just remarkable. So he brings a lot to the table. So surrounding him with shooters. I guess Chris Middleton's a bit of a better shooter than Brogdon from the outside. So I guess that's why they kept him. 
All right. Next deal. Terry Rozier went down to Charlotte. So, you know, after losing Kemba Walker, this is what happens. Uh, what do you think about this trade? Who? Bad for Charlotte. Bad, 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 bad. If you're looking at it in that point of a one-to-one trade between Kemba Walker and Terry Rozier, they both signed in free agency where the other came from. Yikes. Terry Rozier at three years, $56.7 million. Ooh, $20 million a year cap hit. I, I don't understand for, how Terry yeah, Rozier. Yeah, for Terry Rozier. Yeah, I don't for Terry Rozier. He was a backup point guard for Boston, and he was a backup for a reason. I know he played a lot and took over for Kyrie, and he had that great playoff run two years ago, but y- yikes. This was this mm-hmm. one was, yeah. Ooh. All right, we'll, we'll go to the next one. Uh, a move that I was not surprised by at all, and I kind of like a lot, but, uh, you know, Boogie Cousins going to the Lakers, getting back with Anthony Davis and now LeBron James. I mean, I loved those Twin Towers when they were in New Orleans. We talked about them over and over and over again. We didn't know that we were really going to see Boogie play much last year. Man, do I think that they really added something uh, and made themselves more of a contender than they were with, you know, obviously with LeBron and just AD. But I think that this adds an entire different dynamic to that team. And as long as Boogie can stay healthy – they uh, they definitely have something going there. And honest to God, that literally looks like a couple of the franchise 2K teams that I've put together. Yeah, this deal doesn't really make – it makes sense to the Lakers for me. It doesn't make sense for Boogie Cousins. He went from making uh, about $5.4 million last year with Golden State to three point five this season with the Lakers. I guess he didn't do enough to get a bigger deal on the market in his rehab season with Golden State. I mean, he's going to be, what, I think the third or fourth scoring option for the Lakers, so he's going to have the same issues he had in Golden State trying to showcase his skills. I think he put himself in a bad place, but it's a great move for the Lakers. I think they're going to have now DeMarcus Cousins playing the five. Anthony Davis said recently he likes to play the four, which makes sense because he's a better outside shooter than DeMarcus Cousins. Um, He can extend out more. So I think this really helps the Lakers overall roster I think and I think he's going to be setting himself up for going into next offseason to get that multi-year deal that he's been looking for for a while yeah before he tore his Achilles uh yeah I mean that's the only thing it's a one-year deal but once again I mean that's that has to be some type of familiarity for him too you know he's already played with uh Anthony Davis and I mean it's the Lakers baby yeah I mean all right as much as we hate it, it's the Lakers. Now, um, I, I want to bring up what I believe is probably the biggest um, deals or, you know, trades and conglomeration of moves uh, that has happened. Um, the Clippers pick up both Kawhi Leonard and then Kawhi Leonard recruits, but doesn't really recruit, but at least gets Paul George to ask for a trade and kind of point them that way, but recruits Paul George to come over to the Clippers and make the Staples Centers, the Staples Center, a loaded house of superstars. Yeah, it's ooh, that was one where you wake up in the morning and you're like, what the heck just happened? Um, the Clippers automatically became a top five team in the Western Conference overnight, literally. 
Yeah, when you look at what Oklahoma City got back for Paul George, that it was really a no it was really a no brainer move. They got everything that they needed from the Clippers to secure their future. Um, and giving up Paul George to get him to Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers are now, yeah, they're going to be a very good team. They're going in for it. They're going to win. This was an all-in move to win now with Paul George's contract lining up with the one Kawhi Leonard signed. They have a three-year window now where they have to be competitive, and they're going to make a run every single year. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing that I just – I mean, I, I get – like you said, they have a three-year window. But the thing about their three-year window is they basically gave up a 10-year future. Exactly. Yeah. If there was one. Um, I mean, they, they, they literally gave away every single pick that they owned. I'm almost positive. Like five, five or six first-round picks, like crazy amounts of stuff to get these two guys uh, where they wanted them to be. But, A, um, a lot of people talked about it last year that they were going to be doing something, and they made waves. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that Kawhi was going to go over to the Clippers. I know we talked about him going to the Lakers. I didn't ever think that was going to happen. Um, no. You know, after we talked about it, and you know, Vegas put out some like odds and stuff. It started to look like, hey, man, he might do it. He might do it. But then when they make that move right afterwards to get Paul George, uh, that's how you know that they were they weren't just trying to play no games. But and <laughs> I mean, but because of all of that, um, which was actually probably the most surprising thing to me. In the entire uh, offseason, uh, Russell Westbrook asked for a trade from Oklahoma City. And uh, there was a lot of speculation on where he was going to go. They even talked about him maybe coming to the Pistons, uh, whatever. And he ends up getting traded for Chris Paul and then some more picks to the Houston Rockets to go back with James Harden. Now, I don't know about you. But at this point in both of their careers, I am extremely interested to see how they play together. I mean, you might as well you might as well just get three Clint Capellas, stand them on the block, and let both of them play isolation basketball at the top right and left. I, 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 I'm not sure how it's going to work. There's going to be 70 shots per game between the two of them. So they, be, they better have the best rebounding team in the Western Conference. But, I mean, I'm excited to see it. I, I can't believe that they're back together. I can't believe that Russ left Oklahoma City. Um, what, what's, what's the biggest surprise slash excitement out of this deal for you? For me, it is going to be what happens to Eric Gordon. Is he going to now become expendable for Houston? Because you're going to take one of the better three-point shooters in the league and make him the third option fourth option I think that he's going to need to figure out his role or they're going to, he's going to need to move on from him I don't understand this move by Houston um I was a com- advocate for the Pistons not to trade for Russell Westbrook because when you look at the numbers here's a fun fact for you Russ makes 44 million um in the 2021-2022 season do you know how much money Christian Yelich is going to get from the Brewers from now until that point? No, I, this is not a perspective it, that you can it, normally put in, but go ahead and tell it, me. The answer is less than that. It's I know it's comparing baseball to basketball and contracts, and it's not same-same, but the sheer number of Russell Westbrook's contract was enough to make me not want 
my hometown team to make the deal. He's going to the Rockets right now. They are they are maxed. They can no do no more money wise until they clear something. Which I think that uh, Eric Gordon part I mentioned comes in is I want to put it to you as a question over under how many games until Westbrook and Harden get in a fist fight in the locker room. Yeah, I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, that that the one thing about the two of them that I know is, I mean, dude, they've, they've been playing basketball together since way before they started in the NBA. Um, they go way back to their teenage years. And that's that was my interesting thing. At this point in their careers, I don't know how they're going to play together. It's been a long uh, time. Yeah, it, it's been at least, what, seven years since they played together? Uh, I believe yeah, so. I yeah. think it was 2012 when James Harden got traded. I yeah. think, um, but anyways, I over under on how many games before they get into a fist fight. I'll, I'll put say, it at twenty. Twenty. No, I'll, no. I'll give you twenty. I'll, I'll put it at. I'll put it at around forty-five because if the season, if they're if they're at or around five hundred, around midway through the season, tensions are going to start to boil. Because they're supposed to, because you know, even just with just Chris Paul and James Harden, they've been in the top two in the in the Western Conference for a couple of years now. Imagine they actually end up falling into a six or seven seed by midseason. That's when the tensions arise, and I'll be willing to bet that James Harden is the one to throw the first punch. So when you look at the Western Conference now, you've got the Rockets. They're all in. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, you. Go out more. You got the Clippers. They're all in. We just talked about them with Kawhi and Paul George. The Lakers, they are all in with LeBron, AD, and Boogie Cousins. You got a lot of teams in the Western Conference now that are all in on winning. And I think that this is going to be a crazy year in the Western Conference. I mean, I just want to ask this question Do you think that some of these teams were persuaded into going all in? because of what transpired in the NBA Finals? I, I do believe so. I think that when you looked at how the Warriors were beat, even though they were hobbled and probably exhausted from playing in the NBA Finals five years in a row, it was shown that you don't need a super team to win a championship. So I think that's why you're seeing this dispersion now and moving away from super teams and going to great duos of players, you know, you're looking at Russ and Harden, uh, PG and Kawhi. Uh, I don't know if Boogie is elite anymore, but you're looking at LeBron and AD. And I mean, uh, even KD and Kyrie. Exactly. You're looking at duos now instead of trios and four people going together on one team. I think that final shaped a lot of this free agency in my opinion and like another point that i was really kind of to make out of this is i mean the injuries to kevin durant and you know uh clay thompson showed you know that that especially you know the, the severity of it showed that every team has a window this year in the west yeah. it's kind of anybody's western conference which it hasn't been over the last few years and KD was one of the first free agents to make his move. KD dipped out, and then you saw a bunch of stuff happen out in the Western Conference. And then did you see the report that Kawhi called KD and tried to get him to go to the Clippers? Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, why wouldn't you? 
I mean, imagine a team with Kawhi and KD. That is a 2K team we have definitely put together before, and it's been crazy. Yeah, that's all this is starting to seem like is like 2K. I think that's why I like it so much. I know. I agree. Some of the teams that we've put together, dude, <laughs> this is looking exactly like it. Right? It's like childhood fantasies, just living out in real life. It's exactly what it is. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our NBA update, all offseason and free agency things aside. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more that we didn't talk about, a lot more moves that have happened. I mean, even as far as Derrick Rose going to the Pistons is is something different. But uh, we, we have plenty more to come for you guys over the season or over the summer. Uh, we got baseball updates and all that good stuff. So please keep it locked here at Just Saying Sports. As always, thank you so much for listening. My name is Jake Atnip. I am Sean DeWire, and just a slight programming note, I have started work on our college football preview, so keep an eye out for that as well. It's going to be big. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have fun with it this year. Yeah, and you guys, you guys know how we are with college football, so it's going to be one hell of a ride. But without further ado, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.